Did you know that we have a student leadership team at CLS West? Last year, we invited a few students to help start up the program, and this year, we would love for new students to apply and get plugged into this opportunity to be a student leader. Now, you might be wondering, what does a student leader do? Student leaders are an essential part of CLS West. They have many serving opportunities, such as getting to work on a team to plan and execute different activities and ideas within the ministry. Student leaders will serve as peer connections to new students who are making their first time appearance at CLS and helping them find community and feel welcomed. At moments during the semester, the student leader may be asked to share their own testimony of Jesus' saving and transformative grace in their life. Also, they will have opportunities to lead games and activities with their peers, as well as opportunities to do calls to worship during our Wednesday night gatherings. The student leader program meets after discipleship groups on Sunday afternoons twice a month to go over special assignments and development of their leadership skills. If this is something that your student would be interested in, please don't hesitate to contact me or Katie Countryman at one of our emails. Welcome back to Catalyst. This is uh, Thad, and I'm back here with Colt Wakefield. He's going to be going over his talk that he uh, spoke on November 9th. Go ahead, Colt. Yeah, well, hey, guys. It's good to be back. I was here a few months ago, Maybe right? In the summertime. It was during the summer, yeah, uh, and talked about worship, and uh, I'm so glad I get to be back here talk about um, this portion of James. So, yeah, we went over... James 4, uh, 13 through the beginning of 5, so 5, verse 6. Um, and it was a good section of the scripture. It was a kind of a difficult one. It talked about, uh, it gave these two hypothetical scenarios and these two hypothetical groups, one of a person who is self-reliant, a person whose uh, plans for profit are actually made without the guidance of the Lord and without his wisdom, uh, regardless of his will. Uh, and then we also talked about how uh, the wealth of this world corrupts us in a lot of ways and how we ought to focus on kingdom wealth. Uh, so those were the, kind of the two main points that we had through our text. Um, so the first one, verses 13 through, where is it? I think it's 13 through 17. Yeah, he gives this illustration of a guy who makes a plan to go into a town to make some money, and he starts to be—James uh, starts to explain why that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It was because of a few different reasons. It was, one, because you cannot count on this world. Two, because you make plans that are— um, outside of God's will, you do not actually take the Lord's um, wisdom into account. And I don't even think I had a third point with that. I think it was actually only two, two was it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, a few points of application were, um, number one, to seek the Lord's wisdom, to actually pray, seek the Lord's will, get into your Bible and actually 
find out what he wants because there's just so much within the Bible that gives you God's wisdom without being, you know, direct advice, but it can give you principles of what the Lord wants you to care about in this world. Uh, two, to remember that God is loving, so he's never going to call you into something that is not for your good ultimately. Maybe things are uncomfortable. Maybe you don't want to do something, but he's always going to call you into something that is out of love because that's who he is. Uh, number three, uh, it talks about if you know what the right thing to do is and you don't do it, that's sin. That's, a, that's the last verse in there. And my, my last point of application was just do what the Lord says. Like if he's calling you into something, do it. It isn't enough to know what his will is. We need to be activators. We need to be hearers of the word and doers of the word. So that was that first point. Uh, the second point was that kingdom wealth is greater than worldly wealth. Um, this comes from James the James 5, 1 through 6. So he kind of just calls out the category of a rich person. He says, come now, uh, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. And he goes... Uh, I know, super, super positive and encouraging. Um, you're never going to hear this verse talked about on K-Love. So, um, but he, he tells us why being rich is actually not a cause for celebration, but it is something to actually be very wary of. Uh, and there were um, uh, three reasons. This was the three. <laughs> there are three reasons why uh, we need to be cautious of worldly wealth. Number one, worldly wealth is temporary. It everything that you have in this world will fade. It will never last forever because, you know, moths eat clothes and they go old. And one day, inevitably, you're going to die and you're going to leave the physical behind you. Um, number two, the world cannot satisfy the flesh. Um, he talks about how your wealth, like your gold and silver have corroded and it actually is going to eat your flesh is how he describes it, which is super beautiful uh, analogy uh, to think about. But it, what he's saying is the thing that you desired is eventually gonna consume you because the more we pursue um, wealth in this world, we're never gonna be satisfied with it. So it's going to keep wanting more and eventually your entire life is given over to something that could never satisfy you in the first place. So it's going to uh, never satisfying you and consume you. And then that last point was uh, that worldly wealth breeds selfishness. Um, it doesn't just come at a cost to you that's personal. It comes at a cost to others. And eventually the love of money is going to grow. It compounds and it's going to make you want it regardless of uh, what it takes for you to get it. And people will start to look like obstacles to your happiness and not look like image bearers of God that you are actually created to bless. So the opposite end of this is it's not just a warning. The opposite end is that kingdom wealth is worth investing in. So invest your life into things that are unseen and intangible, like the wealth of heaven. Uh, so doing things that are out of love and not selfish ambition, laying your life down as Jesus laid his life down, um, being generous with your wealth. Uh, and that would be number two, use worldly wealth as a tool. God blessed us with things, not so that it could satisfy our hearts, because that is only what Jesus can do. He blessed us with 
material possessions so that we could love other people. They are tools that we get to use uh, to bless others, to um, to give to people who are in need, um, yeah, to be a blessing, right? Uh, so that is kind of how I ended it. And uh, I just want to remind us all that we don't need to seek after this world as if it is ultimate. Jesus Christ is the only one who can satisfy our purposes for life, the things that bring us meaning, and he's the only one who can satisfy our desire for uh, satisfaction within our physical, you know, bodies. He can bring satisfaction for everything because he is enough. This world is not enough. It will leave us wanting. Jesus can truly satisfy our desires. So you, you talked about in your, in your first point, uh, the first scenario about how the, the application that we could what we can do is pray to God, pray for his will to be done, and be more in our Bible. But what are the things can uh, parents take away mm-hmm. from James 4.13 through 5.6 um, to disciple their kids at home? Yeah. Um, I think the greatest way for parents to disciple their children with this is to model it. How do you make family decisions? Like, are you are you going away alone as a mother or a father or together, and making decisions behind closed doors? Are you actually bringing your family into those? How can you publicly honor Jesus with your decisions and with your wealth? Um, is giving something that your children see you do? Is or do you? Or do they see you online shopping most of the time? Like, are, are you giving your time and money and your resources over to the kingdom of God and submitting those to his purposes? Or are you just gaining more stuff but wanting your kid to be generous? Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a trickle down. Um, and it's really difficult because we have to be formed before we can form our, our children. Mm-hmm. And I say that as somebody who has just an infant at home. Like I have a three month old and already I'm trying to check my heart of, is this somebody that I would want my daughter to be when she grows up? Am I exemplifying that? Am I a man who I would want my daughter to marry when she grows up? Am I actually praying for the Lord's will to be done? Am I doing that thoughtfully, prayerfully, with fasting, with, with actual care? Or am I just making decisions based on what I want, whatever feels right, whatever seems good at the time? Yeah, I think our greatest way to disciple is to model. Um, Being a follower of Jesus is us learning who he is and imitating him. And if we are imitating Christ, we can tell our children, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's exactly what Paul says to, uh, in, in several of his letters, uh, including the one to Timothy, the young man who was eventually a church leader. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. We need to be imitators of Christ to disciple our children. Thanks, Colt, for coming out again yeah. and uh, telling us about your message and giving us advice. Yeah, guys. Um, we can do this. <laughs> we can submit to him. He is trustworthy. He is good. And we will find our fullest life lived in him. 
Well, hey, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and were able to take something away from it to apply to your daily walk with Jesus. Our hope and vision for this podcast is that it would be used as a tool and resource for further discipleship in your home. Catalyst was created to appeal to both students and their parents, so we will be releasing a couple of episodes per week filled with talks like today, deep dives into other scripture, and equipping lessons to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you liked our content today, be sure to follow us on Spotify. That way you are able to stay up to date with each episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, we want you to know Jesus, grow in Him, and go out to share the good news. My name is Thad Risto, and I will see you in the next one.